0: I had an amazing conversation today with a gentleman over a cup of coffee, never met him before, sat down, we nodded at each other, and I could tell he wanted to talk, so I figured, hey, let's have a conversation. And uh, he was brilliant, and he talked about stuff, and turns out he grew up in the church, actually led worship in the church, was a musician, he'd, he'd uh, played music during altar calls, saw people got prayed for, The whole the whole thing and uh, he grew sour because he saw so many people coming to church coming to the altar over and over again and what discouraged him he didn't see too much change Uh, very analytical guy he's very practical and um, actually was uh, he was a practicing christian in the sense that he was a good man Uh, we talked about how he uses his money and how he serves and does things he's a humanitarian but he's just not sure about the God thing anymore. You know, a lot of people asking those questions come out of the church, calling it deconstruction. Thinking a lot about, well, what, why do I even bother to go to church and what, what are these topics about hell that I, or hell that I hear that I, I'm questioning and wondering? That's a big subject that comes up. Or the nature of God or, you know, all these questions you're hearing about. And it, To me it breaks down partly of what's happened in the church that we've missed some of these people. And I'm not one to to blame the church, but I think we can learn from these things. And um, so the question I keep asking people is, what is church? What's its purpose? I think we're missing some things. Um, Now I love the church. I love it's the way it gathers. I think there's many ways to gather, but there's I find there's something missing many times, and it's this idea of relational connection. That's where I. When I talk to people who have left the church, something's offended them, something's hurt them. Now they got to own that, okay? We all have to be responsible for our own stuff. But, needless to say, sometimes the church does unnecessary things to hurt people, to confuse people, um, to offend people. So, again, asking the question, what is church? And I broke it down to a simple formula. And I've had to because in my ministry I travel a lot it's hard to say at one place is home because I move among churches I have a couple of churches where I have great relationships that I would consider a home base so to speak but still on the road a lot I mean imagine Paul um, you know some would say he was connected to um, Jerusalem and I believe that I believe he had a, a respect for the, the leaders there he submitted his ministry there but think about it Paul maybe visited three times in his whole life for short periods of time, so where did he get his relational connections? And I think that's an important part of this—not It's not the whole piece, but it's an important one—is relational connections. And the word <clears throat> that comes up many times is this idea of one another. Do you know I me? Mean? There's dozens of references in the Bible about one another: love one another, pray for one another, uh, heal one another, be hospitable towards one another, be kind. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So a question I ask people is, who do you do your one another's with? And what that means is, who really knows you? Who can encourage you? Who can correct you? You And I find many times, you know, in my role as a pastor, people would say, Mike, we love you, you're our pastor, we want to be with you. And it's true until I had to say no, or until I brought some correction. You know, I had a wonderful lady way back, in our church years ago um, when I was just first learning the prophetic and she was very insightful but she would take I mean 20 minutes to explain a dream she'd give every detail and I finally had to say sweetheart this is great what you're sharing but you know uh, just give me the short version and she had a funny look on her face and we ended the conversation and a couple weeks in a row she didn't come to church and she was a faithful uh, participant always there open closing very participatory in all the mini meetings and stuff I called to check up her husband answered the phone and I said I want I want to you know how are things going He says well my wife's a little upset well can I talk to her and she she wouldn't come to the phone and haven't seen her since and I'm pretty sure I was pretty gentle in my approach I was just trying to give her a little advice that sometimes it's hard to hear. <laughs> a 20 minute explanation of a dream going in depth. To me it was just a simple thing, but that stumbled her. So it's that kind of thing that she wasn't willing to hear what I had to say. Do you have people in your life that can look you in the eye and say, you know what, what you're doing maybe isn't the best thing to do. I appreciate the friends in my life that are willing to do that. Those are the people I'm closest with. My wife is my closest companion. Believe me, she tells me when I'm doing something stupid. And uh, I'm better for it. So who do you do your one-anothers with? Who knows the intimate details of your life? When you struggle, who's the, who's the first group of people you call? I would say that's your core church. Those are the people that you really connect to. And let's face it, you know this. You can, do, you can visit a church, sit in the back row, sing a few songs and slip out the back without even saying hello. Millions of people do it all across America. Pop in, pop out, they they, did their duty. But they never really connect. And sometimes Sunday's not the place to do that. You know, we're there to worship, gonna hear a good sermon, gonna hear the Word of God, and we're off and running. But you know, some simple things you can do is just, hey, invite someone out to lunch afterwards. Break bread together. That was such a part of the early church, breaking bread. It wasn't just a good idea. It was integrated into the very life of the church. Why? Because when you sit down and break bread, you start to share your life with each other. I always tell people, do you ever go out to lunch with your enemies? With people you don't like? No. That's no fun. You go out with people that you're interested in. Maybe someone you want to meet. Maybe a good friend. Because when you're breaking bread together, you're sharing your life together. So I always encourage people, at least start breaking bread with other people. Get to know them. But sometimes we can be so guarded, so introverted, that we don't want to go outside of that and we don't make relationships. It requires an effort. It requires time. Sometimes it's risky. I know many people, if they've been hurt, they can never step back into church because they feel they've been hurt. But then you get isolated and then it becomes dangerous and you're easy to pick off by the enemy. Stay in relationship. Find a group of people. They're out there. But here's the key. Be the kind of person you would like them to be. Be open. Be receptive. Ask questions. Get to know people. It's the best way. I find people open up when you just simply ask them questions about themselves. Ask them where they're from. What they do for work. How many kids. You know, when you get on a topic that you're interested in, just probe a little bit. Pursue that. Because relationship is what ties us together. And I have found that many of the people are turning away from the church because something's offended them. Something's hurt them. They've walked away. The church has to own their responsibility in that. We've got to communicate and relate to people better. And those who've been offended, I just encourage you. I say this in all of, you've got to get over it. It won't help you to stay offended. Go to God and forgive. The very core of Christianity is the forgiveness shown to us through Jesus Christ. And if we can't forgive others, we only end up hurting ourselves.